Okay, ladies, I hate to break it to you, but winter is rapidly approaching. If it hasn't already gotten to you, um, it probably will soon. It just snowed here in Idaho where I am this weekend, and so I'm going into full-on winter cycling mode now. Maybe you're super lucky and you're in Arizona or Florida, um, in which case you still might want to listen to this episode if you are interested on training indoors. There are several reasons you might choose to train indoors, even if it's not snowy and cold where you are. But for most of us who do get winter, there are lots of options for keeping up our bike fitness, like fat biking or skate skiing, but most of us will opt to spend at least some of our time biking indoors. Personally, I have my trainer set up out in our heated garage, and I've got some free weights out there and a yoga ball, um, which lets me keep working out indoors even on the worst weather days. Whether you're brand new to biking indoors or you've been doing it for years but you're dreading it this winter, this podcast episode will be worth your time. I'm going to go over what kind of setup you might want to create at your house, how to prepare your bike in indoor space, and what you can do to stay entertained and focused on your workout. That's coming up after this intro. You're listening to the Femme Cyclist Podcast and I'm your host, Kristen Bonkowski. Like most of you, I'm a bicycle-obsessed rider and sometimes racer. Each week, I'll bring you interviews from inspiring women and offer tips and tricks to help you thrive on the bike. At Femme Cyclist, we celebrate all forms of riding and all forms of women. So whether you're a road racer, bike commuter, or hardcore shredder, you'll find your tribe here. When it comes to biking indoors, the first thing you're gonna wanna do is choose your setup. Now, you might already have this all worked out. You might've been biking indoors for years, in which case, bear with me here for a few minutes. Or you might listen to this section and decide you wanna try something new this winter. Maybe you wanna try rollers and you've been riding on a trainer. There are several different setups you can use for indoor training. These include stationary bikes, trainers, and rollers. Which one you choose is dependent on your budget, your space, your training goals, and maybe where you are on your cycling journey. The first option, stationary bikes, is a good one. You can go ahead and buy a dedicated stationary bike like the Peloton. That's probably the most common option. They are really expensive, but with this option, you don't have to put any unnecessary wear and tear on your road bike or your triathlon bike, your primary bike. Um, And it's also a good option if you're brand new to cycling, you don't already have a bicycle that you can put on a trainer, or you plan to bike indoors exclusively. These stationary bikes generally start around $2,000, somewhere between $2,000 and $3,000. And they're a great option for those that love the energy and the format of a spin class, but want the ease and convenience of working out at home. Or maybe you're listening to this and you've always been a spin class lover. You go to spinning all winter long. But this year with COVID, you're choosing to work out at home instead. So with the Peloton bike, you can also use the Peloton app. And that offers both live and on-demand classes that are taught by elite instructors. So you can't get to a spin class this winter, but you really love that energy of the group exercise classes, or you're looking for someone else to help structure what your workout should look like rather than having to plan that yourself, then that Peloton app and the Peloton bike are great options. Again, 
this is a pretty expensive option, but it's it's a good one. Trainers are the most popular choice for most cyclists, myself included, and there are several options depending on your budget and your interest and how often you're going to be riding a trainer. On the more affordable end of the spectrum, you've got fluid and magnetic trainers that are popular options and they work very, very well. Um, I've used these for years and been really happy. They're a good option if you just don't want to spend a ton of money um, or you just don't think you're going to be using it all that often. For me, I personally much rather ride outside, so I just keep it nice and simple and easy and don't feel the need to be very high tech in my trainer use. So if that sounds like you, then go ahead and buy a more traditional trainer. On the other hand, you have smart trainers and these have recently become very popular and are starting to come down in price. So they used to only be used at very high-end training facilities or by the very wealthy and they're now more affordable and are available to be purchased for home use. There are a couple different brands that you can look at if you want a smart trainer. CompuTrainer was the very first one on the market. Um, but there are also now other brands offering smart trainers as well. One of the most popular of these and one that I would recommend you check out is Wahoo. Now one thing to think about is rear wheel removal or lack thereof with uh, more traditional trainers like the fluid and magnetic trainers. You do not remove the rear wheel. Um, on the smart trainers, most of these require the rear wheel remover which eliminates the need for a trainer tire, which I'll talk a little bit more about here in a moment. Smart trainers are really good options for data-driven, serious cyclists. So if your plan is to train hard this winter, then you might very well want a smart trainer. They provide metrics like RPM and watts, and they're also able to load GPS courses and to adjust the tension to mimic the feel of the road. Whatever type of trainer you choose, whether it's a traditional trainer or a smart trainer, be sure before you buy it to make sure your bike is compatible with the trainer you buy. If you have disc brakes, many trainers will end up requiring an adapter. Additionally, different bicycle companies use different hub spacing and thread pitches that might not be compatible with the trainer you're eyeing. If you're not sure which option to go with, check with your local bike shop or contact the company directly for assistance to ensure that your bike is compatible with that trainer. The last option are rollers, and rollers are really popular among die-hard road riders and track cyclists. They're going to provide the most accurate road feel since the bike isn't fixed to anything, um, and they move freely, like kind of like a treadmill for bikes. If you are brand new to rollers, they're really tough to get the hang of. <laughs> it kind of feels like riding on ice, and it's easy to fall. So for your first few times, I recommend setting the rollers up between a door frame so that you end up having something to lean against when starting out. The really positive things about rollers are, as I already mentioned, you know, you really get a whole core workout since you're not fixed into anything. It's like riding on the road. And then also, they're also very affordable. So if you're on a tight budget, rollers might be a good option for you. So if you are like me and you have opted to use a trainer rather than a stationary bike or rollers, then you're going to want to go ahead and get your bike ready for trainer use for the winter. In a perfect world, you'd have a dedicated trainer bike, 
But since many of us, or probably most of us, aren't able to have a bike specifically for the trainer, there are some changes you can make to your bike to make sure it's trainer ready. Most uh, traditional trainers attach to the rear axle of your bike and provide resistance by pressing against the rear wheel. This resistance is really tough on tires and you don't want to wear out your nice expensive road tires or mountain bike tires. So it's smart to swap out the rear wheel to a trainer specific tire. Um, If you're still trying to ride your bike outdoors on nicer days and indoors on the colder days, then you could also, if you don't have a second bike, you could also just invest in a second wheel. It doesn't have to be a very nice wheel. It just needs to be compatible with your bike. And on that wheel, you could put on a trainer tire. So you're not having to swap tires when you go to ride outdoors. You should also be aware that many bicycle manufacturers recommend not putting a carbon frame on a trainer. And that's a problem because a lot of us nowadays do have carbon frames. Trainers put a lot of stress on them and they're not necessarily designed to handle the stress that comes from a trainer, which is unfortunate. So if this is the case for you, you have a carbon frame, uh, your manufacturer says you shouldn't put it on a trainer, then you probably do want to go ahead and look for that second trainer-specific bike. And it doesn't need to be expensive. You can go on Craigslist and look for a used bike. Um, It's not going to matter as much on a trainer unless you're spending lots and lots and lots of hours on the trainer. Um, It's not going to matter as much to have a super spiffy, fabulous bike like what you're using out on the road. If you are a serious cyclist and you want to make sure you are truly, truly training using your time on the trainer, then one thing that I would really recommend is is utilizing software to make your ride more productive. There are lots of companies nowadays making training software to make the most out of your indoor training time. And two of these that I really like are Trainer Road and Perf Pro. And they are both great options for very tailored, specific workouts um, if you are looking to make the most of your time on the trainer. One of the best options, if you don't mind investing some money into your setup, is to use Perf Pro with a CompuTrainer. You can write your own workouts based on FTP, use one of the pre-written workouts, or load a GPS course. When you load a GPS course and are on a smart trainer, the tension automatically changes based on the elevation. This is a really awesome feature for riders that race across the country or that simply, you know, maybe you're planning a trip this summer and you want to be ready for it. So that way you know what to expect on the course in terms of difficulty without having to actually travel and pre-ride the course or, or the ride if you're not racing. Zwift is another option. It's a relatively new platform that's become really popular. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, Zwift is almost like riding in a video game. It's a lot of fun. You can ride structured workouts, casually ride through the various virtual reality courses, or race against friends for the coveted jerseys. So this is a great option too during COVID where you just might not be able to get out and ride with your friends in real life. You can have a social experience with them online through Zwift. While a power-based smart trainer is the best option for Zwift, you can make it work with whatever you have. I uh, just need a standard trainer, speed sensor, and cadence meter or power meter. So now you've got your trainer picked out or your stationary bike or rollers. You've got your bike adjusted for indoor riding and you've picked out what software you want to use. 
there are a couple other creature comforts that will elevate your indoor riding experience. For those who plan to spend a lot of time on the trainer, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a dedicated space to ride. I have had this dedicated space in my life and I have not had it. And let me tell you, if you have it set up, you're far more likely to get in your ride time. Uh, Many riders will set this up in their garage like I have or in a spare bedroom. If you are in a garage and it's not heated, but you have electricity, you could put like a little space heater out there to make it more comfortable during the winter. But wherever you decide to put it, as long as you have a dedicated space, then you don't need to completely tear down your bike and trainer every time you finish working out. It's hard enough to motivate to work out in the winter, especially when you just get home from work and it's 5 p.m. and it's already dark outside. But if your trainer is always ready to ride, you're going to be more likely to get on and ride it than if you need to set it up. If you're using a trainer, make sure you put a yoga mat under it to avoid damaging the floor. Uh, This is true whether you have hardwood or a carpet. The yoga mats will also help dampen some of the noise. Trainers can be pretty loud, which is important to keep in mind if you live in an apartment complex, especially like on a second story. Um, Make sure you're putting maybe even a couple yoga mats underneath it to help dampen that noise. Trainer blocks are helpful for maintaining a comfortable angle on the bike and also help keep the front wheel still. Like any accessory, trainer blocks range from very basic to quite high tech. Wahoo recently released the Kick or Climb, which, which simulates grades based on the course. This is only compatible with Wahoo Smart Trainers. This is only compatible with Wahoo Smart Trainers, but it does provide the most accurate ride fill an indoor system can offer. Throughout my years of riding on a trainer, I've learned that you get very hot and very hungry while riding. I like to keep a fan nearby um, and also if I'm like inside a heated house, then open a window nearby. It might seem crazy to have a window open during the winter, but you do get very hot very quickly. As far as the fan goes, you can put it on a table nearby you. And I also like putting a small table nearby the trainer. So you can put whatever you need. You can put some ex- an extra bottle of water there, some snacks, the TV remote, a book, whatever you might use, your phone, whatever you might use while you're on the trainer. If you don't have to get off and walk around to go find things, you'll stay like a lot more motivated on the bicycle. With a bike always ready to ride and a yoga mat to stretch after, there are really no excuses not to put in the work this winter. Now, the last and probably the most important thing to talk about is how to keep yourself entertained. Riding the trainer, for most of us, is a mental struggle. It can just be really kind of boring. Um, So I like to switch up what I do on the trainer. Uh, There's music, podcasts, TV shows, movies. Also, as we already talked about, Zwift. Zwift is awesome. It's a great distraction. The app has a lot of interactive components to it. There are different boosts you can collect along the course to launch during the ride, similar to Mario Kart. There are also message boards to check in or trash talk your friends. And we already talked about this, but this is actually something that can be really enjoyable right now during COVID. Movies or TV shows are a good option for staying entertained. Um, I often, you know, in the evening would just be sitting on the couch watching a movie or a TV show. And as long as I'm going to be watching it, I might as well be on the trainer rather than vegged out on the couch. Also, if you're watching 
cable TV with commercials. Something I really enjoy doing is using the commercials as a reminder to do intervals. Uh, So I'll just go as hard as I can during the commercial break and then back it off once my show resumes. Finding a sport-specific program can also help motivate you. Um, Mountain bikers might really enjoy Red Bull TV. There are several shows on there like Motive, Revel in the Chaos, and Not Bad. There are some older movies that I love to watch. 24 Solo is one of those. Um, Off-Road to Athens, both of those are great for mountain bikers. And then road riders and triathletes will find some stuff on Netflix. I personally really liked Icarus. Uh, There's Stop at Nothing, the Lance Armstrong story, and Iron Cowboy. Obviously, there are a lot more options out there, but those are some good ones I would recommend starting with. Music. Obviously, we listen to music at spin class, but music at home can work really well, especially if you are the kind of person that's motivated by music. And just make sure that your playlist matches the ride that you're doing. There's nothing worse than trying to do intervals while you're listening to slow music. So choose some really upbeat stuff. You could even look for a YouTube playlist for upbeat cycling music. You can also use songs to help dictate intervals. Uh, Go ahead and do a sprint workout where you sprint through the chorus of the songs. And you can also alternate efforts per song. So give 80% effort through a whole song and then back it off to 40% for the next song. And that's a good way to help you through your intervals if it's an interval day. I, in addition to music, I really enjoy listening to podcasts while I work out. You can listen to a cycling-specific podcast like this one, obviously, or just the podcast on whatever topic you enjoy. It's a great way to multitask and get caught up on your podcasts while also getting your workout in. Finally, um, read, reading books. I know not a lot of people do this, but it's something that I do and I love to use my trainer time for writing or for reading a book. If I am going to do intervals or do some harder um, efforts during my workout, I'll just make sure to set a timer on my phone so I don't get distracted and I'll shut my book for a minute while I'm doing my interval um, and then I can start reading again. And it also is a good option just for slower recovery type rides. Okay, ladies, I think I've given you all the information you need to get started on your base fitness for next spring. Don't forget, winter is the perfect season for staying in and watching movies. So as long as you're watching a movie, you might as well be on the trainer and not on the couch. And remember, fitness journeys always help when you have a buddy. Find a girlfriend, start that free trial of Swift, and get after it. I should also mention, if training in your basement just isn't your thing, or it's not the only way you want to bike this winter, we have some articles at FemCyclist on fat biking, which is I do, um, how to dress for cold weather cycling, and even tips for riding in the dark. So there's really no excuses. Train indoors, train outdoors, or do some combination of the both. I've linked to all those articles in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, tell a friend, or share on social media. It helps us to get the word out and grow the Fem Cyclist community. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy riding.